0: Good evening on a Friday. This is Under Review with Evan Kelly. Got a lot of great stuff today. We're going to talk some some Dallas Cowboys scenarios. Uh, We're going to talk a a secret landing spot for Tua that I think would be just wonderful that I doubt many people will agree with. Uh, I got some great friends stopping by. It's going to be a real fun show. Uh, We hope that you're out there staying safe, staying indoors. These are weird times, but we're going to get through it all together, and we hope that we can provide a distraction, talk about some sports. You can agree with, with my commentary. You can disagree. Uh, feel free to tell us. Um, at underreview on Twitter, Underreview SN on Twitter. Uh, follow us, and you can respond to the show. Uh, without further ado, let's get started with our first topic. So I want to kick the show off with this. There's a report out of Dallas this week that says that Dallas has had a meeting and is interested in Oklahoma quarterback Jalen Hurts. That makes 100% sense to me, and personally, I feel that would be a great scenario for Dallas. I think it's very real. Because think about these two scenarios. There's two ways this could go. Either this lights a fire under Dak, and he has this season that we've been waiting for, that the Cowboys have been waiting for him to have, or he has another disappointing season and they can let him go. By the way, Dallas has done everything but write it out to you that they do not believe in Dak Prescott 100%. They tell you they believe in Amari Cooper. They've told you they believe in Ezekiel Elliott. They have not... They paid him, quote-unquote, paid him this offseason, and it was the very most timid way they could have done it because he has underachieved the past few years. Everybody's like, oh, he's got, you know, career highs in passing yards. Yeah, he also had, uh, I think it was a career high in interceptions, or was really close. He also played... Six of the worst teams in the league lost to the Jets. And then some of his good games, his best games this season, were against the Giants, the Redskins, and the Dolphins defense early in the year before they had time to get going. So Dak Prescott is not guaranteed to be the Dallas quarterback as much as everyone wants to lie and pretend that that's what's going to happen. So, now now let's crunch some numbers on Jalen Hurts here. Jalen Hurts in 2016 is a freshman quarterback at Alabama. 62% completion percentage, decent. Uh, Close to 3,000 yards, decent. 23 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, that's solid. That's his freshman year in the SEC. Also that year, nearly 1,000 yards rushing and 13 touchdowns. That's a good year in the SEC. 2017, a little bit of a step back, but was still efficient. 60% completion, 17 touchdowns, one interception, didn't play that much. Still had close to 1,000 yards rushing. 2018, we all know what happened. Tua took the reins. He barely played. So then this year, he goes to Oklahoma. Gets a fresh start. 69% completion percentage, nearly 70% almost 4000 yards, 32 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Rushing wise, 1300 yards and 20 touchdowns. All one season. Now, here are some other things to look for when deciding if this is fake or real. Who was one of the Dallas Cowboys leading like dream coaches they could have hired? Lincoln Riley from from Oklahoma. There have been multiple connections with the Dallas Cowboys to Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma. It's one of the, um, what do they call them, factories? Is that what they call them? Or pipelines. Pipelines is what they call them. Oklahoma is a pipeline to the NFL and especially to Dallas because it's it's recent. It's near them. Um, And Jerry Jones really likes it. Now, look at Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott beside each other. Now, Dak is bigger, but when I look at arm strength, Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott are about equal. Maybe Hurts actually has a little more velocity, a little more whip on his arm than Dak Prescott has. Now, look at the athleticism. Jalen Hurts is 10 times the athlete that Dak is. I'm not saying he's better, I'm not. But I'm saying this idea that it would be this, you know, horrible mistake to let go of Dak Prescott if he had another bad year and get this kid who is, in my opinion, the most intriguing quarterback prospect in this draft. Like Jordan loves a quarterback. We know he's good. We know he's got a rocket arm. But, you know, we know he'll be something. Same with Justin Herbert, Jacob Eason. We know that. We don't know what Jalen Hurts is gonna do. But I really think he's got a he's got a heavy upside to him that many people don't see because he had, he had the weirder of the paths to the NFL that anyone's seen. He was the superstar kid and then he was the superstar kid again. And then he got benched in 2018 and he transferred, came back and then kind of sputtered at the end of the year, but he wouldn't have to play right away. He could sit behind Dak for an entire season. We didn't have to be the, um, the backup. But if Dak has another season where he goes in with one of the most talented rosters in the NFL and throws a high number of interceptions while playing a bad number of teams, if he can't be the team with above a 500 record again, if this, if this trend continues, why would you pay him 35 to $40 million a year, which is what he's asking for? Listen, there's one quarterback in the National Football League at this point that I'm paying thirty-five to forty million dollars a year, and that's Patrick Mahomes, because he can make it work with anyone. He's the best. He's the best quarterback I've ever seen in my life. But Dak is not that. Dak has a. He has a. He's a marginal arm. He's not a fantastic athlete. He's not. His decisions aren't always great. He gets panicky, and he has a tendency. To play up or down to his competition. So if if Dallas were to take Jalen Hurts um, in let's say let's say they trade up into the end uh, the tail end of the second round after they've made their pick to select Jalen Hurts, you now have a quarterback in case you're and they don't believe in Dak. They, might be, they, they want to believe in Dak. That's why they gave him the exclusive franchise tag. But they don't believe in him right now. They don't believe in him as the guy that's going, that can lift you above the adversity. Um, Carson Wentz got the deal from the Eagles, because, and he showed it this year. There was lots of adversity. Players were dropping left and right, and Carson Wentz lifted above with a much less talented team and still won the NFC East. Patrick Mahomes lost his running back at the end of the year, and he dealt through injuries. And he continued to battle through the adversity and won the Super Bowl this year. That's the kind of quarterback that, 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 that's a franchise quarterback. Baker Mayfield didn't do that. Baker Mayfield, when the going gets tough, the tough shuts down. That's that's just, that's how Baker Mayfield is. Um, so, and I believe that these guys are franchise quarterbacks. Dak Prescott is a franchise quarterback, but... If, he, if he's asking for $40 million a year, why pay that on a guy that you don't think can lift you through adversity? Because you're not going to be able to give him the amazing all-star cast of players if $40 million of your $200 million is in one player. So Jalen Hurts would cost you about mm, less than a million a year. And... If Dak does show up, and Dak does have um, a solid, legitimate breakout year, you trade Jalen Hurts. You show him off in the preseason. You let him get some fun. And you give a team that's looking for a quarterback, like the Steelers will be in a couple of years, or one of those teams, and you get picks for him. Either way, you get compensation. But I would even go back to argue that Jalen Hurts is a a better quarterback prospect than Dak was coming out, and with the same coaching, I believe could be the same or better quarterback in a few years than Dak Prescott. All right, I'm going to shift to this. There is a certain Alabama signal caller that is being connected to you know the Dolphins, the Chargers, even the Jaguars I've seen. But there's one location that no one is talking about that I think makes a ton of sense. The Las Vegas Raiders have two first-round picks this year. They've got tons and tons of picks. They have Marcus Mariota and Derek Carr at quarterback. But most importantly, they have John Gruden and Mike Mayock in the front office. Say what you want about Mayock and Gruden. They know how to scout college talent, and John Gruden knows how to watch and know quarterbacks. Okay, one, that would give Tua a mentor to have. John Gruden, you know how he threw his arm around Antonio Brown and he was really trying? Imagine a guy who doesn't have those red flags that you can throw your arms around. John Gruden would be, would be better than Nick Saban at just kind of coddling Tua along and helping him go. Second, he doesn't have to start right away. Derek Carr can go. But John Gruden, the same with the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. Derek, uh, Derek Carr is not the answer in John Gruden's mind. That's just not how it goes. So, why would I continue to lie to myself if I'm going to Las Vegas and I need to sell tickets? Right now, I need to get a brand identity if I'm the Raiders. Is Derek Carr your identity? Is is Max Crosby your identity? Now, I like Josh Jacobs. I think he's a great story. I don't know if he's necessarily a the guy that you want uh, as your franchise guy because he's a running back. And teams with a franchise guy that's a running back tend to kind of dip down in, in the market. Um, and here's another thing. Marcus Mariota is the backup, right? That would, give, that would give Tua a mentor and a friend. Tua, Tua and Marcus Mariota know each other. And plus, think about... So you've got a guy who can mimic Tua's playstyle, who can really show him the, the good in what Marcus Mariota did and the bad. He can warn Tua. He can help show Tua the, the side that got him in the position of a backup and fix those things in Tua. So let's talk about this from a draft philosophy. You're sitting there, Joe Burrow goes number one. Chase Young. Then, if you really felt that the Miami Dolphins were going to draft him, package those two picks, leapfrog ahead of Miami, and trade up to number three with Detroit. But I don't even think that's necessary. So then you go four and five, and Justin Herbert's the pick. Then you wait for the Chargers. Maybe you make an offer, but you don't sell, but you don't sell it because you do have two quarterbacks on your roster. To NFL experienced quarterbacks. But you take, and then if the Chargers pass, maybe they take Isaiah Simmons. Maybe they take uh, a tackle. Maybe they think they can get a guy later because their guy was Herbert and not Tua. Maybe they want Jordan Love and they will be willing to trade back. If he falls past number six, Panthers aren't taking him. Cardinals aren't taking him. Now, the Jags might, but you're only three picks behind the Jags, so you could package later round picks or future picks and not have to get rid of both of your picks. Still keep that second first round pick and trade up and exchange three spots and get Tua. Still get a first round talent at 20, and in my opinion, I think it's going to be Justin Jefferson if they were to do that, because Mayock wants a receiver. And they love the tough, gritty guys. And um, I don't see Jerry Judy fitting that mold for the Raiders. He's a little bit smaller. I don't see either of the Alabama kids. I think CeeDee Lamb could, even though I don't think that'd be the case. But um, it would be if he failed, but I don't think he will. So, But the, but Justin Jefferson makes a ton of sense. Justin Jefferson is that, that big, that gritty, um, just... Pure will kind of receiver that Mike Mayock would love, and that gives you a great wide receiver, a great running back, and a great quarterback, who are literally all under um twenty three years old. That gives you your everybody likes the term triplets. Um, Dak Kamari were the new triplets. Um. The, the Las Vegas Raiders in their first year in Las Vegas could sell, could sell tickets by saying, hey, come watch the new triplets of the NFL. Josh Jacobs, Tua, and Justin Jefferson. That would put the Las Vegas Raiders on the map and set them up for success in the future. One final thing I think would be great about this deal is let's say Tua's injury concerns are very real and it happens. You get five good years out of Tua and then he he pull he has to pull an Andrew Luck. He just he can't do it anymore physically. What have you lost? You've still got a young core. You've still been able to build. You probably would have the chance to see for other quarterbacks. So why... Do you think John Gruden would regret the pick? If he got six great years out of Tua, do you think John Gruden... Do you think that... Um, uh, Ursa, the Colts, do you think that he would... Do you think he regrets picking Andrew Luck? I don't. Let's say Patrick Mahomes gets another um, five years and has a devastating injury. Do you think Andy Reid would turn his back, would say, oh, that was a mistake. No. Same with Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz has injury concerns. Do you think that if the Eagles were to get four more good years out of him and then he had to go? No, because they got a Super Bowl. and I don't care what you say. Carson Wentz was the driving force. He got them in the position to win that Super Bowl. No, they wouldn't. So the Raiders would not regret drafting Tua if he only worked for a handful of years. So, um, Tua to the Las Vegas Raiders. That would be my sleeping move to make. And I really think it would be great for the league, for the Raiders, and for Tua. I don't see a con in this. I think it would – and most people don't see the Raiders as a spot that would ever be a pro place to land. But in my opinion, John Gruden knows quarterbacks. Mike Mayox knows quarterbacks and his his draft talent – I'm going to go ahead and give it to him. Hello, we are here. I'm about to introduce to you my my newsman, uh, Mr. Jacob Justice, a good friend of mine. He's going to be doing my news. So um, with that said, Jacob Justice with the news.
1: <clears throat> so the Panthers signed running back Christian McCaffrey to a – $64 million extension, making him the highest paid running back in NFL history. Uh,
0: he, uh Yeah, I, I love the deal. Uh, I crunched the numbers earlier. It was a, he, he accounted for 44% of the Panthers' offensive yards. It's not like that, you know, some running backs are, you know, just uh, huge and great, and, you know, but they're not, they don't carry the offense. He literally carried that offense.
1: Many people are skeptical of this deal because of how the Rams paid Todd Gurley and they ended up cutting him.
0: Well, Todd Gurley, you, you can never foresee an injury, but Todd Gurley wasn't the same. I never felt that, you know, Christian McCaffrey, again, he is the Panthers' offense. Todd Gurley could, could go, I mean, the, the Rams could go without Todd Gurley. They made it to a Super Bowl with, um, can't think of his name off the top of my head right now, uh, Anyway, so, but Jared Goff got him there. So, but Christian McCaffrey is the only reason that Kyle Allen even had a couple of good games this season. So, uh, yeah, I like the deal. I like it. I think it's well-deserved.
1: Former Panthers QB Cam Newton remains a free agent after he was cut by the Panthers on March 24th. Many people wonder if he'll ever play again or be a starter, wondering if his – This is a cause for panic for him.
0: Uh, No, I think he's playing it very smart right now. Um, I think the idea not to rush into a team, because here's what happens. Players go down. Quarterbacks will get injured in the middle of the season. So let's say something were to happen to to a Matt Stafford or somebody like that. Well, then you've got an emergency on your hands. Kirk Cousins, you can bring in Cam. Find a way to plug him into your system by using his strength and then let him. So uh, any injury that would happen to a quarterback, he's being smart by not playing it right now. Um, Everybody wants to connect him to the Patriots. I don't think that's a great idea. I don't love the idea of that, but um, no, I think, I think he's fine. I think he'll be back in the league. I think he's just waiting for the right opportunity.
1: Rumors are swirling that many teams are looking to move up in the draft. In the seven to thirteen area, names like the Broncos, Eagles, and Falcons have been at the forefront of these rumors, and many teams have been listening to calls in that area.
0: Um, you see, I think uh, uh, on my top fifty big board, I've got a gap between the first fifteen players, and then everybody past that. I feel like you know the twentieth ranked player is closer to the fifty to the fiftieth ranked player. Then, the first ranked player or then the tenth player is to the twentieth, because I feel like there's just you've got your superstars in the top fifteen, and then a lot of which one do you do you like more for your taste so um for teams especially looking for a wide receiver uh that's um I think that's really going to get heated up in that area, so uh I think that it I think that would make sense. Um, I think the Broncos would make the most sense for because they've got a young quarterback and they really – they don't have a weakness. I mean, they could use some tackles, some offensive line. But other than that, if they really wanted to trade up and get Drew Locke a a second-hand superstar to Portland Sutton, I think it would do great for them.
1: Paul Denver of The Athletic says that Bengals running back Joe Mixon is prepared for a holdout if the Bengals do not give him a long-term deal.
0: Oh yeah, I bet you love that one. Mm. KJ's a Bengals fan, by the way. So date. Um we, we've got some we got some Joe Burrow talk to get to in a second. So but um yeah, uh I don't like it. he he's proven he's been injured. He's had up and downs. Uh, just because one guy got his money because he really deserved it, doesn't mean you are up next. Don't do what Le'Veon Bell did. Don't do what Melvin Gordon did. It did not end well. Christian McCaffrey got his money because he dead out earned it. He fought, and he did. You know, he he and he fought through bad times. Like they, the quarterback situation for Carolina uh, was awful last year, but he still fought and he still played with teams knowing how good he was, and he still succeeded. So um, Joe Mixon is not. Joe Mixon is not that caliber, so uh, I don't like that for, for the, uh, the atmosphere and for Joe Mixon. I don't think he's going to help it. And that is the news. Thank you, JJ. It was a pleasure having you here to give me the news. Hope you do it again.
1: No problem. Thanks for having me on. Okay.
0: Here we are. We're going to play a new game. It's called Fake or Take. This is the rumor season. The season everybody likes to make stories up. Some are very real, and some are are fake. Some are used to for trade bait and stuff. So we are going to give for the top sixteen teams. We are going to give you um, scenarios and stories that have been released, and we are going to tell you if we think that they are that we are that they are a take, meaning take that with truth, or a fake, meaning that that's just not true. So, here we go. I'm joined by newsman Jacob Justice. Uh, Hola. I'm going to start with him. I'm going to defer to him. So, fake or take, Joe Burrow is a lock to Cincinnati at number one overall.
1: I don't want to sound biased here, but I believe take that with all the truth in the world. Joe Burrow had the best college football season a quarterback has ever had. And the Bengals are looking on the move on from Andy Dalton, in my opinion. So I I would take that.
0: I agree. I think that's a really good one. I think that that that's pretty much set in stone.
1: Okay. Detroit is seriously considering taking a quarterback at pick number three.
0: Uh, That's fake. That is to try to bait Miami into trading up. That is, um, you know, they've said we're feeling the – The report was they met with multiple top quarterbacks, uh, Tua and Justin Herbert. I don't believe it. Uh, Matt Matt Patricia has way bigger needs right now than quarterback. That, in my opinion, is the only stable part of the Detroit Lions right now. So they're trying to get a team to take that pick, and they can fall back and gain more picks to solve some more of those issues. Take or fake, Miami, the Miami Dolphins prefer Justin Herbert over Tua Tungavaloa at number five.
1: I would say take that as well. Herbert is the healthier out of the two, and I feel like he would be the safer bet at pick number five.
0: I agree. I think I think that the health concerns and for what Brian Flores likes to do and what he's grown up around, you know, he, he know. I think that the big tall stocky Herbert uh is more the quarterback mold that he
1: Take or fake. The Los Angeles Chargers are all in on Tyrod Taylor in 2020.
0: Uh I'm going to call this I'm going to call this another fake. Um, I, I definitely think that they especially if Herbert falls or to I think um that they will want a quarterback. Uh, I I just, I don't see Tyrod Taylor. You know, we, we tried him in Buffalo. He was all right. They tried him in Cleveland. He was all right. He's just not that guy that everybody's been trying to get him to be. He's not Lamar Jackson. You know, he's not one of those guys. He's athletic. He's got a good arm, but he's just, uh, he's just never had that it factor on an NFL team. So uh, I don't believe that the LA chargers are expecting to go into a brand new stadium with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. Take or fake, the Jaguars are going to pick a quarterback in the draft at either 9 or 20.
1: In my opinion, I'm going to say that is a fake. I wouldn't believe that at all. Um, The Jaguars did trade away Nick Foles to give Gardner Minshew the starting job. I feel like the Jaguars are going to give Gardner one more year to see if he can show some of that Minshew magic. And if he doesn't, I feel like they might be looking to take a quarterback in next year's draft. Take or fake Cleveland is contemplating to move down from 10.
0: Uh, I think that's real. Um, we're about to talk about um, what's been called receiver road or receiver row. Uh, that's when the uh, wide receiver needy teams are going to hit on those top three guys, you know, Judy Ruggs, lamb, um, so uh, I, I think Cleveland thinks that they can slide down and get a tackle. And uh, especially like with Denver, um, I think that that's definitely a, uh, I think that's definitely a spot because they wouldn't have to move back too far, could still probably get the guy they like if since they're not going for a receiver. So, yeah, I definitely think Cleveland could look down to to acquire more picks in this draft. Take or fake? Uh, we just talked about it. Receiver road. We'll start with the Jets at 11.
1: I will call that a take because I have read that the Jets are looking to add another wide out to help with Sam Darnold and the picks following them. You have San Francisco. Um, you even have the uh, Eagles at 21 and you're an Eagles fan. So, I am.
0: I, I, I. There have been rumors of us wanting Ceedee Lamb. Uh, try to be professional and you know not too excited about that. But um, that those would be rumors that I would I would really like. So yeah. Um,
1: take or fake. Atlanta could take a QB and move up.
0: Uh, I don't buy that one at all. That is. I, moving up I think is possible. It's not going to be for a quarterback. Uh, Matt Ryan is is still their guy. Dan Quinn knows Matt Ryan. That That's the, again, same with the Lions. That's the least of their issues is quarterback. If you got something that's just working right now, don't try to make it better uh, with a risky move. So, um, I, yeah, I think they got to fix they got to fix other positions before they even think about taking Matt Ryan out because that line, uh, the running game instability, and the defense have all you know that's been part of Matt Ryan's slide recently. I don't see that as a um, as a real thing. Uh, I'm going to throw a wild card at you here, and I think we can both answer this one. Take or fake that we believe one of our hot takes we've talked about the Oakland Raiders will look to move up or stay where they're at, but they are looking for a quarterback. What do you think about that?
1: I believe that, and I believe I will take that as a take because it has been reported that um, John Gruden does not like Derek Carr at quarterback. So I believe they won't move up, but I feel like if they two falls to them, they'll definitely take them.
0: I think if Tua slips past L.A., I think that they would definitely be uh, in the mix for. They would definitely be in the mix for a uh, quarterback if Tua were to fall, and for a trade up. All right, that was a fun segment. I like that one. That was pretty good. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. Have me on anytime.
0: Newsman Jacob Justice. Okay, so I've been hearing a lot of this lately. People who still are criticizing Joe Burrow being the number one overall pick. Now, in my opinion, he does not have the highest ceiling of this draft class. But to come off of the season that he had and not be the number one overall pick would be, dis- would be disrespectful. He threw 60 touchdown passes. In a season, including these defenses, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, just to name off the top of my head at the end, he had like 20, 20, 15 to 20 of those touchdowns against those defenses. He played, I think, it was, I think it was seven at the time, AP top teams, beat them all. Yes, he had a great supporting cast. It did fall perfectly. So did Tua. The year he won. It's the best, you know, how many of those guys are on an NFL roster and contributing right now? Or will be with, you know, Jerry, Judy, Henry, Ruggs, those guys. It's a lot of them. So this idea that, you know, and Joe Burrow does not have that one special trait. I can tell you one thing, though. People don't see that he does have the leadership, unmatched confidence. Like, that was that was one of the things I saw in Sam Darnold right away. Sam Darnold, you know how he was seeing goat. Yeah, he didn't have that confidence. He was this, you know, he always felt like he was timid of the next step. And that's what I really felt like has been his biggest thing so far, is when he gets confident... When he gets cocky like he did against Dallas, like, hey, I'm back. I'm going to go out there. I'm just going to whip it around. Great. Then go against the Patriots, got scared, got intimidated, and got crushed and got exposed for it. And here's the other thing. You can scheme 77% completion percentage. That's possible. You can scheme 5,000 yards. You can't do the two together. Some of that has to come from the player, you know, Joe Burrow. Oh well, he just threw checkdowns at five thousand yards. Well, no, oh, he had a bunch of... it. Inter- no, he had he had six interceptions uh, and uh, sixty touchdowns. Even in his first year, he was not that bad. Now he would have been a mid round pick. He would have been um, he would have been in the same kind of conversation Jake Fromm was th- is going to be in this year. Um, Or one of those guys. But he then came out and he had his big breakout year and he finally got his shot and he proved it. So Joe Burrow has got the brain and the moxie to be an NFL quarterback. That's why he gets these outrageous comparisons. Because he's got the head of Tom Brady. He does. Now, to compare anyone to Tom Brady is absolutely absurd. Because he's the best quarterback that's ever played in the league. He's won six Super Bowls. It's absurd. But when you, when you watch Joe Burrow play and you see his thinking and you see, uh, this is one of my favorite plays from him that I've ever seen. I watched um, the, the college football uh, playoffs against Oklahoma. He is being pushed to the sideline. He's being run out. And he does this move. He's fading to the sidelines. And there, there's no one open. But I'm, I, I can see it in his eyes that the entire time, as much as things are breaking down, he's still looking as if he was going through his first progression. Like he's ready to whip the ball. So he fades back to the sideline and he throws the ball to a spot. It's not even near anybody. But it is because the closest person to the spot was Thaddeus Moss, his tight end. And Moss goes up and makes a great play on the ball for a ridiculous play. It was one of those, as people say, the Heisman moments. That was a Heisman moment for Joe Burrow. Because it showed me, you know, he didn't try to force it to anybody. He threw it to a spot where either his guy was going to get to it or no one was going to get it. It was, it, was, it was never in risk of being picked off. Uh, there are other plays. He, he's got athleticism, too, that, that, um, that guys that he's been compared to don't have, but they didn't need. So he does actually have a little bit of fallback athleticism. He's not Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's 6'6 six, six and can run a 4 six, five. He's a fast and he's an athletic kid. He's not Tua it when he's an athlete. He's not Jalen Hurts, but he's an athlete. He can get out of the pocket. Um, I would compare him to how Alex Smith was. You know how Alex Smith was always sneaky, like good in the run? Andrew Luck was sneaky, good in the run. You could always kind of count on it if something broke down. That's what I see in Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, in my opinion, reminds me of, I saw saw a uh, comparison uh, about Peyton Manning. And I I thought about that for a second and I went, you know, Peyton got more hype coming out and was like more followed through his college career. But when you really look at him as a prospect coming out, not the legend he became, because I don't know what Joe Burrow is going to become. But if you look at the, just the base of it, you can see Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, those guys. I don't see Tony Romo. Because Tony Romo, one of the things I always saw with Romo was when guys would kind of get in his face and would break down, he got nervous. You could sense the nervous through the TV, throughout the stadium. Because, and that's when he started to make his mistakes that, that everybody you know made fun of him for. Joe Burrow doesn't do that. Even in his bad junior year, He threw five interceptions all year. He had 11 total interceptions. That's insane. That doesn't happen. He also has, I think, more career touchdowns than Tua or Herbert, and he played one less season than Tua and two less seasons than Herbert. So, this idea that Joe Burrow is, although he doesn't have something special, that he's, that he's not the best in this class is just ridiculous. Because he is. I mean, if, if, if you watched him, yes, LSU was talented. I know that. LSU was wildly talented. You know, Justin Jefferson's going to be a first round pick. Jamar Chase is maybe one of the best. But guess what? Jamar Chase and uh, Justin Jefferson or Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy? It's your pick. You also had Devonta Smith, who will be coming out next year. If he has is an, uh, another solid year, uh, could end up being a first round pick as well. So, uh, I just uh, he played real defenses, SEC sized defenses, Clemson in the national championship, and he still did everything with flying colors, and he passed every test people put him up to. Um, so I I don't see this whole thing of he's not worthy of the number one pick. If anyone says that, and there's not that many, but there are people who still don't think after that season, he proved to you he was the number one pick. 77% completion, 5,600 yards, 60 touchdowns, that's a 10 to 1 touchdown interception ratio. That's insane. So when you think about that going forward, about you know, is he really deserving of a number one pick? Yes, after that season he had yes, especially for a franchise that needs something, something big. Chase Young is an edge rusher. He's gonna be ridiculously talented, but there is not an edge rusher besides uh, uh, J. J. Watt in Houston. Was was like the, was the face of the franchise? Guess when they really got um, they really got big, really got respected when Deshaun Watson was the face of the franchise. When you have an exciting quarterback who lifts up your team and who gives you a new identity, it means more. It looks more, and it, the team knows it more because their guy—the guy that everybody's looking to—everyone believes in. And I believe Joe Burrow is going to be that guy. Cincinnati. Now, I've even said I think it makes sense to trade back because if you get a bunch of picks, you know you're not a quarterback away. Miami. Could be is closer to being a championship contender than you are. I'm not saying that, that's because I believe in the other quarterbacks down the board and I'm thinking from a team standpoint. But the idea that I don't think he's a number one pick is ridiculous because I do think that if Miami had it, they should have taken him. Because at this point, he's the best. He, he's everybody loves Sam Darnold and Baker and all those guys, Baker. Baker didn't put up numbers like this. Yeah, he had great numbers. Didn't put up numbers like this. Sam Darnold was the third pick. Sam Darnold, I I didn't even get the hype around Darnold or Rosen or that that class that everybody loved so much. I still don't get it because I don't understand what you can't see with the production. So, um, yes, Joe Burrow is the number one pick. I don't care what you say. Even if it were to be this huge trade, it would be a win for both because Joe Burrow is still the number one pick. I just think from Cincinnati's perspective, trading back would make sense. All right, joining me now is my good friend and my, my defensive coordinator uh, on the podcast, Mr. Bryce Dempsey. Thanks for coming on.
2: Thanks for having me, man.
0: All right, so I want to get started with talking to you about some defensive guys. I want you to tell me um, – You and I have talked a lot about Isaiah Simmons. I want you to give me your rundown on what you see in Isaiah Simmons.
2: I mean, it's pretty much just like anybody else has said. He just plays defense. He can be an all-around guy. He's got amazing athleticism. He could be in any defensive scheme, and he could just excel and help that team and help himself just become better and uh, he can be real dangerous, I feel like. Um,
0: what position – what one position if he had if he had to lock in? I don't think he should. I think he should be able to play a hybrid. But if there was a position you would put him at, what would it be?
2: Huh. Uh, for me, if he joined my team, the Redskins, I would put him at strong safety, but that's just me. So, so you
0: like him at safety? You like that? You like the athleticism and the size at safety?
2: Yeah, but if, if he had to go like on some team like the Giants, I'd put him like on the inside linebacker. All Make right, I like him. Um,
0: so uh, he, he's my he's currently my number two prospect on my big board. His um, fan. I assume you'll like who my number one guy is on my big board, which would be um, Ohio State defensive end Chase Young. So, um, uh, I mean, I, I like I remember watching – I was watching an Ohio State game, and he got chipped by the tight end, double teamed by the left guard and tackle, and then blocked by the running back and still got in for the sack on the quarterback in about four seconds. So what do you think – what do you think oh, – what do you think his floor
2: is? I don't – I mean – I honestly don't know. I just don't know how he does it, honestly.
0: Okay, so you think – so as – if he weren't to reach his max potential, do you think he could be still like a – um like what Jadavion Clowney is, who was you know supposed to be the net, but he's still a great player. But I think he's going to reach his potential. I think he's going to continue to grow. What do you? Who do you think he? What would be your comparison to Chase Young right now?
2: Um, it's hard to think. I said earlier to you. I remember saying, or have it on my notes. He reminds me of like a small or bigger Miller.
0: Yeah, I, I see Julius I kinda peppers. see that too because see I kinda I like both of those names because when it comes to Peppers, he's got the size. And when it comes to Miller, he's got the athleticism. He really is like just a combination of speed and power. Uh now you you know me. I love to talk quarterbacks. Uh, that, that's my thing, but, um, so what do you make of the rumors that, uh, Tua could be falling down the draft boards? Do you think it's real and there's real concern or do you think it's just one of those stories that you hear about and it doesn't happen?
2: Well, I mean, it kind of happened last year. I mean, if you kind of think about it with Drew Locke
0: that was a faller who I think many people thought he was a first round guy. but even, even if just to get that uh, fifth year option and yeah, you're right. He slipped down the board. And um, so I think, so uh, what is your take on, I did a segment earlier about um, how Joe Burrow, although, yeah, he maybe he doesn't have the special arm, but after the season he had, he's the number one pick. Um, what is your take on Joe Burrow and if, if he's worthy of the number one pick?
2: Um, at the beginning of the season, I didn't think he was, I thought it was going to be I don't Chase, anybody Young. Did. Chase Young all the way, but I mean, after the season he had, that's, I know it's college football and obviously there's not a lot of players that are up to skill like NFL players, but that's Patrick Mahomes numbers. As yeah, his MVP season.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, 50, 5,600 yards and 60 touchdowns. And he, he played um, top teams. You know, he wasn't playing uh, App State. He was playing Clemson. He was playing Alabama. Yeah. Georgia. Though, I mean, so those are like real big boy games. Uh, finally, I want you to give me one team that you would like to see trade up in the draft to try to jump and get somebody, and one, and one team you'd like to see trade down in the draft.
2: I think a team that could trade down and still get players that they could would use would probably be – got to think on this one. Um, would probably – could be the Dol- – no, not the Dolphins, sorry, uh, the Lions.
0: Yeah, the, that, that that's what I was thinking because where there's kind of that run, there's that quarterback and offensive line need – in between uh, their on, pick Becker. and where they trade down.
2: Yeah, because you don't want to – I feel like I wouldn't take a chance with the corner at third overall.
0: I, I don't because plus, um, yes, I, I love Jeffrey Akuda, but I also think that you get C.J. Henderson out of Florida or Derek Brown or, or one of those defensive tackles and still get the needs that you need – so um I agree with you. I think that um a trade down for Detroit to get more picks, they're they're not a corner away from winning a Super Bowl. That that they they need some picks, they need to get younger, they're in a rebuilding stage. So yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh what's one team you'd like to see jump up to grab uh, maybe a Jerry Judy or a CeeDee Lamb? Um yeah.
2: Well, um, the Vikings could obviously use a wide receiver now to replace. They've Stephon got two picks. Oh, they do. Yeah, I I, I realized that. Um, either them. I seen um, I've I've seen this mock draft, but I have seen a mock draft where the, the the Broncos actually trade down and get um one of the top receivers. I can't remember who it was exactly, but yeah, uh, I like the.
0: I like though I like those teams because I think that, you know, we just talked about teams that um were 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 far away from contending. Those are two teams, and even in the Broncos bad year, those are two teams that are a couple of star players off from being from being a contender. So uh yeah. Um uh Bryce Dempsey, a great friend of mine, defensive guru. Um Really appreciate you coming on and helping me and giving me the, the insight you got. And uh, uh, we're going to have you on again. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for having
2: me, man. Thanks for having
0: me. Man. All right, we want to end the day out with um, with my top six draft sleepers. These are guys who um, aren't going to get – there's going to be gems in the draft. Not going to be picked high. I don't think any of them will be first-round guys, but I think it's possible that they could have that kind of talent. I think it would be great. For every team, especially at the value some of these guys will be picked. Now, there's two guys. from. I'm going st- to start with are from the same college. I know this college very well. I watched them play, so I can go ahead and give you you know a complete and professional look on that. And some other guys uh, for different reasons. Um, so, here we go. My top six draft sleepers. Number one, Lynn Bowden, athlete out of Kentucky. People ask is he a running back a wide receiver a quarterback returner yeah he is he's just he's he's all of the above he can play in the backfield he can play out of a wildcat he can play slot he can play outside and he can return the ball so there are areas he could improve he was not a fluid receiver necessarily but he's an all around great player slide him into um to a saints offense or uh a ravens offense and add that extra um Taysom Hill esque threat, except I believe Lynn's more athletic. Uh, You've got your, and he can develop in that do it all role, sort of like Taysom Hill, until he's ready to take it as a, you know, a slot or a starting receiver in the league. So um, he's a guy who's going to give great value from year one. There will be a way that someone's going to use him uh, because he's just so versatile. And, uh, I think, I think it would be really, I think like, again, the saints, can you imagine having Taysom Hill, Lynn Bowden out on the, uh, Alvin Kamara, you can put one in the backfield, one in the slot and one at quarterback. And you can literally like just revolve around, revolve it. Uh, it would be really great for that, uh, scenario. So, uh, Bow, I was at the first game he played quarterback, by the way, random fact. Um, me and my friend went to go watch a, uh, a Kentucky game and, uh, we we flipped out and we saw he was playing quarterback. Watched him throw a beautiful fade route uh, to a tight end in the end zone. It was just it was beautiful. So um, he's got all the athleticism you could want. He's great out of the backfield. Uh, was like the I, he's he's insane. So yes, that is a, that's my number one draft sleeper. Number two, same out of the University of Kentucky, Logan Stenberg, offensive guard. Kentucky had one of the best offensive lines uh, in, the, in the nation last year, especially as a running team, um, which isn't something that usually you would expect from a school like Kentucky, who's known not as a football school. But um, Stenberg was really great at knowing his run lanes, knowing his run, his run positions, and, and uh, able to move. He is a good pass blocker. He's not amazing, but he can usually stand up and use his strength now there 's more he 's going to have to learn at the NFL level, so I do think he will be a developmental, pick, but I think if you were to pick him in the fourth or fifth round, you would have a, a solid backup, especially um, in uh, heavy packages for a run, and you could also have a starter at a guard position in a few years and a very solid starter at that uh, very talented guy uh, and the stuff that the stuff that people criticize him over is all fixable, none of it is just you know your base. That's just who he is. He, he, he could learn that, so, yeah, that's my next one. <sighs> Number three, Austin Jackson, USC tackle. This is a kid, his story really caught my eye. He had a down year this year. That, that's why I think he'll be a sleeper. This offseason, he was recovering from a bone marrow transplant, giving it, not taking it, giving it to his little, to his sister great so that 's but he guess what he didn 't sit out the season he came back with no preparation, right off of surgery and started playing for the u s c Trojans again. That is character and that is commitment to everything in your life, your family, your career, your schooling um, you've, you you 've got a player and a man in that room that will be great and I also think as a raw prospect, raw talent he 's actually one of the best um, I guess boomer bust players. He's got tons of upside, tons of athleticism uh, and strength at that tackle spot. Could probably make him left or right. I think that's also another plus is that he doesn't seem locked into left tackle. So um, I think that is a wonderful, wonderful story, and I think he'll be a great pick for if he begins to slide. I saw one mock. Had him in the first round, and I was like, "Wow, seems like." Her. And then I then I listened to him, and I was like, "Huh, I think that's a that might be good, but I don't think he will. I think he's definitely in that second, third tier of tackles in this draft, so uh, he will be undervalued. But uh, I really think that um he's got a future, and uh, that that'll be a really big pick for spe- especially a team like a like a Cleveland." Or the Jets who, who don't want to spend a first – well, Cleveland will. But, like, the Jets who want a wide receiver who could pick him in the second or third round and probably get this an equal first-round talent. So, yeah, down year had some issues, but I definitely think that uh, the lack of preparation was part of that because he's one of the younger players in the draft. And um, I think he'll be a really good prospect uh, to look at. Number four. This is probably the most bold one I have. Um Troy Pride Jr., cornerback at a Notre Dame. Uh listen, he he has some good coverage skills and he's got some good motion. A lot of the other stuff is that he's not great at just as a natural corner. However, that's all technique, that is all coaching stuff that can be fixed. The athleticism and the raw talent is there. This is not a sleeper pick that will contribute uh in his rookie year as a third round sleeper pick. Now this is more of a a later round I don't think he'll go undrafted, but it'll definitely be a later round pick that through some a couple of years of coaching could really show once you get that raw talent off the ground. And I believe he can do that. He did a lot of good stuff, but um he makes a lot of big mistakes. And that is an issue and he panics. He gets he gets panicky with his hands and but um, I definitely think that's stuff that can be adjusted and, um, you know, a, a good NFL corner coach gets a hold of him. He'll, he'll be a great player in um, a couple of years. Could be one of those late-round guys that you see really pop that you didn't expect to, uh, like a Richard Sherman who was picked in the fifth round. Don't think he'll be up to that level, but that same kind of, you know, guy who becomes a, a, a really good franchise piece who you did not ex- expect to do that. And fi- and um, now that we're on our last two, Antonio Gibson. This is another one of those guys who is a versatile, he's listed as a wide receiver slash running back. He's got good speed, great ball vision, can be used all over the field. I think he's even got some returning experience. So he's another one of those um, all-value guys who can touch the ball as soon as he gets to the league i don't have to wait on him like a couple of other guys He doesn't have much he can learn. he can do things with the ball in his hands the first day he's a, he's a good he's a really good route runner people think i think his natural position is the running back position but people see that he can be he's a very natural route runner especially for a running back doesn't have great hands but um you know some of the receivers that that are drafted in in different years don't have great hands so I really think that this guy is um I think he'll be a running back, but I think he'll be a um, kind of like how Alvin Kamara was used. As Initially, he was just a pass-catching back, and he was there, and then he could evolve into a starting running back. Because I do think he's a natural runner, but if you put him at running back and use him as a receiver, that boosts uh, his ability. So I think um, Antonio Gibson out of Memphis is a, is a really good sleeper pick. And my last draft gem of the day is running back Darionte Evans. I don't like this year's running back class. You've got DeAndre Swift. I think he's a top tier guy. I love him. Um, I really he's got, he's got weird he's, he's got a weird fast to his game. Like, he doesn't look that fast, but he'll just blow by guys. So I really like DeAndre Swift. He's got great fluid. And then you've got um, Jonathan Taylor, who I think has got a lot of upside, but I would be concerned uh, with a lot of other stuff. And um, J.K. Dobbins, who's just not that naturally athletic as some other guys. And then Cam Akers I like. But past that, there's, there's a lot of guys that I just don't see being much. But this is a guy from Appalachian State. He's not big. Uh, he's, got, he's got a decent build, but he came from a small school. And he's got a he's got a heavier build, about two fifteen, but he still runs in the four fours, and that's really good speed for a running back. I think he can get down and um, he can get downhill really well, and just use some of that pure grit to to gain some yards. And this this is one I just gotta trust the the um, experts on. People they rave about this kid. They say that this kid is is a draft. I've seen on every draft gem board that he's just one of those guys that once he gets into the room, he really becomes something big. And so um, Darriontae Evans, I think he's going to be great. I think, I think running back is that position that you can draft later and they can really pop or at least contribute some to you. That's always been one of those positions. So, um, yeah, Darriontae Evans out of App State. Okay, so there you have it. Uh, Darionte Evans, Antonio Gibson, Lynn Bowden Jr., Logan Stenberg, Austin Jackson, and Troy Pride Jr. Those are gems to look out for in this year's draft. Uh, I want to thank everyone who listened. I want to thank you all. Uh, Follow us on Twitter, at UnderReviewSN. Make sure to send us messages about questions or topics or things that you think are good. Um, We hope you're staying safe out there, and... uh, you know, please give us a listen, share us, um, you know, and just uh, don't be afraid to speak up. If you think uh, me and Tua going to the Raiders uh, is ridiculous, then um, just please tell me. I, I want to know. Um, also, uh, I want to apologize. We will make mistakes on this show. I made a massive one earlier. I was talking about the Raiders and I said the 20th pick. The Raiders do not have the 20th pick. They have the 19th pick. The Jaguars have the 20th pick. It was an amateur mistake, and I'm very sorry. <laughs> but uh, seriously, though, we, um, we, we do our best. Uh, this is really something we all love sports. The draft is one of the best things for this time because it gives us all a sense of, of normal. So I uh, really hope you guys enjoyed it, and thank you for listening.